morning. It is about 6.30 on the 16th January, 2014. It's 39, 37, 39 degrees outside. Still very, very dark. Didn't get up on time today, again. Didn't get my words done again. And I know last week I was saying like, it's okay, it's a plan, it's prepared for long hiatus, but I don't know, I'm not feeling too comfortable about this. I mean, I know I'm not gonna make it to beginning of February, but I'm not liking how long this is taking anyway. keep thinking about the next scene when I need to get down but I keep not sitting down to do it and you know I got the uh, 200 words five times a day kind of thing which is clever but once again I just keep on not doing it I have no excuse I mean, don't get me wrong, I think I'm sick. I mean, I got, I think I have whatever the EP had. It's kept her out of school for at least three days. She still had a fever yesterday, so she's gonna be out of school again today. They have a rule where you have to be free of the fever for 24 hours before you can come back to school. So, yeah, we can make the argument that I'm sick and therefore could explain why I'm so tired and why it's so hard to get motivation to do the work. But I don't know, that's an explanation, it's not an excuse. I just need to set out the time and say this is what I'm gonna do right now. In fact, I think I'm gonna do that. I think I'm just gonna go back to uh, back home and then just sit down and write it right then. as long as I'm setting ambitious goals, I'm going to go home, I'm going to write my 1,000 words, then I'm going to set up the five times a day, 200 words thing. Let's have the ambitious goal of 2,000 words today, whether we hit it or not, it would be nice. So I was thinking yesterday about I don't like the way the cliffhanger makes me feel. I mean, I know everything's going to be okay in the end. I know how the story goes. But there are a lot of people who are unhappy with the way I left the story.
put that another way, basically every review that I've got so far has been that they love the story, but that they hated the uh, cliffhanger. Morning. So, I was thinking, morning. So I was thinking, maybe I could find a way to solve that cliffhanger problem without giving up the sales. I mean, one of the ways that I was thinking to solve it was, no, let's just give away the chapters as I write them. Same way I did with the chapters of Invito Rex. But, uh... But on the whole, I don't think giving away the chapters to Invito Rex did much in the way of promotion. I think, uh, I mean, there were no, very few comments. I don't think there were any, really. Out of 15 chapters, nobody left a comment. Uh, they download the audio. Lots of people download the audio and they go to the webpage, but they didn't leave comments and I didn't notice any, you know, better sales that way. So, so yeah, that's annoying. So I'm thinking maybe I won't do that with the next book. But if I'm not giving them away, how do I deal with these people who have the, the problem with the cliffhanger? And you could argue, well, I'll give away enough to answer the cliffhanger. And then leave the rest to be seen. I mean, I've already got, what was it, 60,000 words? 50, 60? Should be real easy to just cut out a chunk and hand that off. But if I, I feel like if I'm only doing that to answer the cliffhanger, then I'm basically saying, okay, yeah, here's just enough to decide you don't want to read it anymore. And I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's silly. But what I was thinking was, every one of those chapters is a minimum of 5,000 words. So if I treat them as short stories, as a serial, a continuation of the story of King Augustus, then I can sell them as short stories. Each one, you know, for a buck. And I was thinking, the people who buy all of them, you know, by the time I get to the end, people who buy all of them would get some kind of prize. I don't know. I mean, obviously they would get a copy of the full edited ebook, but it should be something else.
I don't know why. I don't even know if it's a good idea. It's just something I'm thinking about. I mean, clearly, people were motivated enough to go and grab the audio. They were motivated enough to read it. So, maybe they'd be motivated enough to spend a buck. And at the same time, it would help them to get over the uh, cliffhanger without having to wait until March or April or whenever I'm done with it. I don't know. So anyway, there was that. Nathan pointed me at a uh, a thing on Google Plus yesterday that was just, oh, it was painful. There was uh, this person who said, I had a great idea. I'm going to get a microphone, I'm going to read my book, and I'm going to give away the audiobook as a promotional tool. I'm going to host it on my Amazon going to host it on my Amazon server on my web server and then give away the audio as a promotional tool for the book. She even had a little uh, graphic made that showed if you buy the ebook, then you get the audiobook for free. And so Nathan, trying to be nice, said, hey, take a look at this. And he showed her the page on Podio Books where he had done exactly this maybe six years earlier and had been doing for many years. She responded with, wow, you've done a lot of work on this. Maybe you want to do the same thing I'm doing. And he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. The audiobook as promotion is an old idea. It's already been covered. There's a trail already blazed for you. Here's how to do it best. And the whole way through, she was saying, I can help you understand this better. So, yeah. I had to fight the impulse to go in there and say, we've been doing this for years. You don't know what you're talking about. But uh, every time I thought about doing it, I thought about this phrase 
I don't know where I got it, but who does this make happy? Outside of feeding my pride by saying, I do this, I do this all the time. I'm the king of this hill, which in fact I'm not. I'm not even in the top 10. But uh, outside of feeding my pride by saying I'm a native here, what does it serve? Would I actually help her to understand it? Obviously it would cause her pain if she understood because then she'd feel like, wow, I just went public with something that was kind of dumb. And I don't want to cause her pain. Am I going to change her mind? Probably not because she has this enthusiasm for it. So maybe I just should not do it. And so I didn't. I'm getting better at social media in that way. Letting it go. I saw somebody, smart guy. I mean, I've marveled at how clever this guy is. But uh, I saw him posting about how net neutrality was a bad idea. And he was taking a libertarian argument, which I found really interesting. He was saying that government regulation doesn't make anything better. He said, look, they struck down the net neutrality thing, and here we are. We still don't have tiers of payments, so it must be okay. And everybody else was pointing out, well, wait, you remember when Verizon tried throttling last year? He said, yeah. And they stopped because of customer uh, complaints. They're like, yeah, but AT&T and Verizon have stated in this that they want that power. And he was like, well, as long as there are other ISPs, there will always be competition and the invisible hand will protect us. It was so weird to hear libertarian arguments for what is basically a really bad idea. So it wasn't even libertarian. It was once he started talking about how he trusts corporations because they have to uh, compete with each other. Well, you lose me as soon as you say you're trusting corporations on anything. He was saying we can trust corporations more than the government. And that's a straw man argument. Nobody was saying it's either government control or ISP control. We were just saying that government can set up a minimum standard for what the ISPs deliver, which look at what they do with the radio spectrum. They get to decide how this stuff is done. And in general, that's one of those areas where government has been pretty good, where government has been useful. Anyway, so yeah, it was kind of weird. Teaches an important lesson that people can use 
your same arguments against you, I suppose. All right. Let's see if we can get dog by lamp post against Lake City. With dog by lamp post, we can see dog better. Isn't that right, dog? Go, Bobby. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, we had to do dog by lamp post because it is still flipping dark. We had Yule, like, middle of last month. It's supposed to be the longest night of the year, but I swear, this, I mean, this last week has been longer nights. I mean, it is so dark in the morning. And it's dark every day I go to uh, I come home from work. Can't help but think that Yule shifts and that we aren't really monitoring it very well. Anyway, ah no, it's probably daylight savings. They probably screwed it up by moving daylight savings as well. You know what, that's what I'm gonna blame my productivity on. I'm not writing that well, and it's because of daylight savings time. Let's see, what else happened yesterday? Not a lot, really. Went to work, did my work, came home, went to bed. It's just part of everybody being sick. We were just struggling through the entire day. Oh, <laughs> here's a funny story. So, uh, Allie reads a lot. I mean, a lot, a lot. She reads all the flipping time, which means those uh, 99 cent books or the free books that people are putting up there, she's the one keeping them in business. So, uh, she found these, uh, paranormal romance stories, shifter stories, which is basically werewolf and different variants thereof. Boing Boing also pointed out that there's a guy who makes $30,000 a month selling Sasquatch porn, basically. And I gotta admit, there's a part of me that says, do you know how easy it is to write that? Do you know how easy it would be to do that? It's a part of me that would really like to. Because I like money. 
I got nothing against money. Anyway, so, uh, so she's looking at these shifter stories and she came across Blind Wolf. It's the romance story of a werewolf who was blinded in a wolf attack and now he leads pack of disabled werewolves. And uh, it seemed like such a silly idea to me. I started coming up with like Blind Wolf 2, the hidden menace. He never saw it coming. But the funny one was when we started talking about werebears. So I said, so the werebear gets all his girls by using hypnosis. It is, as you can imagine, the werebear stare. And said, uh, at one point, the werebear gets hurt and needs medical attention. And so he strips down because the injury is on one side. And so as his lady love administers help, he has to be naked for her to uh, put the bandage on. Or in other words, werebear bear care. Oh, please don't hit us. Come on. Yay, made it across the street again. And then, since it's a romance, you have to do a scene with the two of them riding down the beach toward each other, riding a white charger. She rides a stallion. And of course he rides the werebear mare. And of course, you know, you only rent them. The horses, that is. Which means that at the end of the ride, he had to go back to the stables and pay the werebear mare fare. And after riding the horse for so long, with it being lathered and smelly. One place you do not want to be is downwind because you do not want werebear mare air. So yeah, we were just going on and on about it. When he gets lost in the woods, he sends up a signal, which is of course the werebear flare. I think Allie came up with if he was working at the place Jennifer Aniston worked, an office space, then he could have a little Care Bear button. Because that would be the Wear Bear Care Bear Stare Flare. And yes, we could do this all night. That injury, the one on the side that had to get medical attention, that was a bad cut. It was the Wear Bear Tear. 
if you wrote software, it would be open software, open source, laid, laid open to the world. You'd call that wear, bear, bear, wear. Yeah. So we had lots of fun with it. Buffalo, 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 buffalo. <sighs> Hate being so tired all the time. I'm really hoping I can hold off being sick. I mean, really seriously sick until the weekend. I'm also really hoping I'm not communicable. There's almost nobody at work this week, so that works out. I got a uh, an email the other day from a recruiter saying, hey, let me help you out. I know of all kinds of jobs in your area. And I said, well, I'm not against the idea of making more money or making a move if I have to. Here's my current situation. They wrote back with, wow, you're doing really well. You are living the life. There's nothing I can do to help you. And I thought, oh God, don't say that. I mean, I'll accept they've got nothing there, but don't tell me this is a good life. Because I really don't feel like the good life. Yesterday, I was listening to uh, Nathan's morning walk, and he mentioned at one point having an existential crisis, and then he said, Brand, who is my philosophy contact, will probably correct me, and that just about floored me. I am no great philosopher. At the same time, <laughs> I was like, wow! Nate, I'm not, I'm not a great philosopher, but at the same time, I know what phrase you're looking for, and it's ennui. Which was kind of funny. So, yeah. We're coming up to the house now. So, I am going to go and try and write some words, or else pass out and take a nap, and then go on to work. So I'm lucky, it'll be the words thing. That's kind of pretty. It's not actually bright outside yet, but street light and the blue sky, it's kind of pretty. Anyway, hopefully, I will talk to you again tomorrow.